0: It's lost again to the Dodgers late last night in Los Angeles. I'll have more on that in a bit. But first, they and the entire sport might have had themselves a nice little W earlier in the afternoon. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacovich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Multiple outlets reporting that Major League Baseball, its owners, approached the players for the first time with at least the beginnings of the framework of an offer toward the coming labor talks this winter which in and of itself is good news. You don't want to see them wait until the last second, blah, 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 no matter which side of the fence you're on. However, what you really want to see, more than anything else, is something in the direction of the salary cap system that's used by every other sport. And wow, what do you know? It wasn't a cap proposal, But it was pretty close. It was tiptoeing around the terminology. But what was there could very well function in the same way that the cap systems do in the NFL, NHL, NBA, and every other major professional sports league. How does it work? Plain and simple. If you go over 180 million, you're taxed as opposed to the current luxury tax system that kicks in at 210 million. So what's that mean? Well, there aren't percentages and tax rates and things like that yet, but that money from the tax would result in Major League Baseball self-imposing a payroll floor of a hundred million. Now everyone everywhere loves to hear about floors. Oh my goodness, floors, because it'll force the evil Bob Nutting and the other evil people in the small markets to spend more and do the right thing and all this other stuff as if all of them can somehow just magically create revenues This is the beginning of a cap proposal. That's what it is. It's the owners saying to the players, well, we already kind of have this system in place, meaning the luxury tax. But we also understand and hear you and your grievances, in the case of the Pirates and a couple other teams, literal grievances, as in legal. And we want to, you know, do the right thing here. We want to force those cheapskates to spend more. But you know, you got to work with us here a little bit because we got to produce the money out of somewhere. And you've also expressed an opposition to expanded revenue sharing because that also signals salary cap system to you. And you don't want the Dodgers sharing their gazillions of dollars in local TV money with the lowly pirates So let's make something happen here, which they won't, because the players are opposed to everything that sounds or even smells like the systems that are used in other sports. And that, in and of itself, is ludicrous. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home this week to all kinds of pickle fare, both at North Shore Tavern and at the neighboring companion venture, Mike's Beer Bar. They are serving pickle beer, for those of you coming down to the Picklesburg event this weekend. I don't know why people come to this thing, but... I'm glad that they're having it. I really have never figured out what the heck Picklesburg is. But it's cool that we can, you know, congregate again safely and vaccines and all that other stuff. Great. If you're coming down, make sure you stop at North Shore Tavern and or Mike's to try out their pickle stuff as well. The players are the only ones... Who get hurt by the current system? Oh, not the very, very top ones, not forty million dollars from the Dodgers for Trevor Bauer. But if your system from the players' perspective is predicated upon the Dodgers and a couple other teams compensating for everyone who's currently spending under a hundred million dollars, that system is broken for your membership then you are not getting as much out of Major League Baseball's owners as you could be. How many teams do you think, off the top of your head, have payrolls less than $100 million? Do you think it's just the Pirates and a couple other teams? Guess what? It isn't. Twelve teams are under $100 million. Twelve of them. Think it's all about a certain size market? Nope. Not when the Diamondbacks with a top five market in the United States are there. Not when the Cubs, the top three market in the United States, are there. You think it's all about performance? Nope. Not when the Rays are there. Not when the Brewers are there. It's not. It's plain and simple about across the board affordability, or, or whatever it is that the owners want to spend. And you can solve all of those things completely, including the legit cheapskates. And believe you me, Bob Nutting fits into that category. I've never said otherwise. You can solve all of that by imposing this system. There's gonna be a lot of questions about it. Even when, not if, even when Tony Clark and the union membership dump all over it, call it a complete non-starter, da da da, which they will. There's gonna be a lot of questions. How do the pirates get up to a hundred million when they're currently only at around 50, and they have zero contract commitments for next year. How do they do that? Plain and simple, these things are grandfathered in. Nobody says you have to go from zero to 100. You put in X amount of years. You also put in exceptions for teams that are legitimately rebuilding, but they're very brief exceptions where you're allowed to dip below a floor. This applies, again, in all sports. All of these questions and answers already exist. Baseball people act like they have to reinvent the wheel to make this happen. They don't. The NFL, NHL, and NBA systems, they're not identical, but they're not that far apart. What's another question? How about, how do the Pirates afford being up at 100 million? Uh, A, they probably should be there already. If you go back to 2013-2015, they poked their head above $100 million all three years, and they did top out at one point at 109. But even if circumstances have changed for whatever reason, or other teams have a harder time generating that revenue, to repeat from earlier, that's what that tax is for. Oh, how is that fair to the teams that... Well, okay, the, the teams that are at the top... How that's fair is that if they don't have anyone to play, no one's going to care about their team or their product to watch it and to funnel revenue toward them. If anybody pays attention at all to European soccer, you just saw a handful of teams, the richest, the wealthiest, the biggest names, try to form their own super league. People freaked out. Nobody wanted it. Nobody. None of their fans wanted it. None of their sponsors, the players, the managers, nobody wanted this thing. Why? Because they like having the teams to play against that they're used to playing against. If the Dodgers and the Yankees and a handful of other teams went and formed their own league, nobody, nobody would watch it. And its revenues would plunge, meaning outside those markets. And even inside those markets, it would be a turnoff. You'd be watching the same teams all the time. They don't like to admit this, but they need the rest of the league. Why would the owners do it? Why would the richest owners do it is another question. The richest owners would do it because how do you think they got to be so rich to borrow from the old commercial? How do you think they got to be there? When Gary Bettman was uniting the NHL's owners almost 20 years ago to form that league's cap, he had to make a similar argument to the owners of the New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, Boston Bruins. And he had to say to them, listen, one thing I can tell you about this system you won't like not being able to just go out and buy any old player you want and everything else, but oh my goodness, are you going to make some money? And if you ever want to get the ear of a rich person, <laughs> tell them they're going to make even more money and show them the proof. Have you heard any, any of those team's owners complaining since the system went in? Oh, this makes us so sad. No! Because they're making an absolute killing. That's how you get them on board. That's how you keep them on board. Will the union fight it? Of course they will. Of course they will. Does the union have to go along with it to answer the final mythical question on this front? No. Technically, no. The owners, the company, set the work rules. They do. The players can reject it and refuse to go to work and everything else, and you can have yourself a prolonged labor dispute. But that's exactly how the other cap systems came about in the other sports. There's nothing special about the baseball union. There's nothing especially tough about the baseball union the way we've heard forever and ever. The owners need nothing more than their own resolve here. And yes, that's also in doubt. As is the leadership of Manfred, to put it kindly. But the first salvo's been fired. And I'm very much okay with that. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that comes today from Andrew Kiefer, who asks, do you still have faith that the Pirates are on the right path given their woeful performance of late? And Andrew, you sound like somebody who stayed up and watched all of that game last night in L.A. And I can respect and appreciate anybody who does something like that without being paid to do so. So it's it's rough. Jeff Brubaker, uh, for anybody who didn't stay up, was tagged for seven runs, eight hits, three more home runs, uh, lasting only four innings. And in watching it, it's amazing that he even pulled that off. I have significant, significant doubts as to whether or not he should continue his season. Starting three weeks ago, Derek Shelton was openly stating that they needed to manage his innings because he'd been shut down all of 2019. 2020 was obviously a shorter season for everybody, so he's already well into the bonus round of where he should be pitching, but there comes a point where the bonus isn't worth it when you're getting beaten up like this. Brubaker's a good pitcher. Sorry for this the side track here, but th- this I feel is kind of important to bring up. Brubaker's a good pitcher pitcher. He's going to be a good, steady big league pitcher. But this isn't the time. This isn't the time. He's clearly off his game, whether that's due to fatigue or he's just kind of expired at this point for the year. Uh, Now's the time. to to shut him down. Andrew, to answer your question as best as I can, do I still have faith that the Pirates are on the right path? The Pirates could lose every game they play the rest of this season. And I, I wouldn't waver in that for the simple, and I would hope, obvious reason, that everything that they're building, almost everything that they're building, isn't here yet. It just isn't. When you commit to the kind of plan that Ben Charrington and his staff have committed to, what you're doing in August of year two really doesn't matter all that much other than when it's attached to players, well, like Brubaker. Like Brubaker, if you want to cite an immediate negative. But also... Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, the, the same names we cite every time this subject comes up. The thing that's earned my faith in this plan, in this approach, and for whatever that's worth, I'm not pretending that I matter in that equation, because I certainly don't, but the thing that's earned it has been that it's not like any other plan that's been put together by preceding general managers with this franchise. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, here they go again, same old this. This is actually nothing like what Neil Huntington did. Neil Huntington was trading Jason Bay and Xavier Nady and whatever assets he had for a bunch of AAA close-to-big-league-ready type players. A lot like, if you want to draw a a more recent example, the Garrett Cole trade. Where it was just, here's Joe Musgrove, reports immediately to Pittsburgh. Colin Moran, reports immediately to Pittsburgh. None of them are even up close or proximate to the solar system of the value of Cole, the pitcher. But they made the trade just to have three or four guys who were semi-decent And to hope that they could make an impact right away. These are bad, bad, bad baseball moves for a team with the kind of revenue and payroll that the Pirates have in this system. So this plan, this thing that I've wholeheartedly endorsed, isn't really affected hardly at all by what we saw at Dodger Stadium, by what we've seen really since the day Adam Frazier was traded out of San Francisco, you know? We haven't seen the Pirates really, (laughs) maybe the one really good game against the Brewers, you know, the 14-4 to route. And other than that, it's just been trash. With one exception, and I'm going to throw this in too before I close out for the day, and that's when it comes to fundamentals. I do want to see, I do expect to see fundamental baseball even from people who have no future in the system, because that tells me that they're getting the proper instruction and the proper focus from Derek Shelton and his staff. And you know what? We have seen that. It's been a bizarre mix, the amount of losing that the Pirates have done combined with their defense ranking top five in the majors. Really weird, but also really true. And I think a feather in the cap of Shelton and his staff. But, yeah, no, man. (laughs) You know, I'm not connecting this. I'm just not. I appreciate the question. It's good stuff. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll do another one of these tomorrow.